Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 14? Are you going to preach with me this morning? Luke chapter 14, and I'm going to be, begin with verse 16. Luke chapter 14, and I'm going to begin with verse 16. And the word says this. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper. How many's hungry in the house? Made a great supper and bade many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuses. Somebody say excuses. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I want to go and check them out. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and so I just can't come. <laughs> the Bible's funny. And so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly, since they can't come, I want you to go out really quick into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, those that are crippled and the halt and the blind and, and those that are limping. And, and the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. There's still room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I want to preach to you for a few moments on the simple subject of how to get a seat at the table. How to get a seat at the table. Would you lift up a hand towards heaven and would you just begin to pray, God, give me ears to hear. God, give me a heart to receive in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you pray that prayer right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us ears to hear, Lord. A heart to receive, Lord. Let this fall on good ground, God. Let this fall on fertile soil, Lord, that as this word goes forth, Lord, I don't want it to be quenched up by the sun. I don't want it to fall into the stony ground, but Lord, let it fall on good ground, Lord, in the name of Jesus. <coughs> and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, all of God's people said, amen. amen. And you may be seated in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us that in Luke chapter 14, Jesus went into the Pharisees' home to eat bread. And on the Sabbath, as they were sitting there, Jesus, he begins to tell an interesting story around this special event, this certain dinner party. And, and the focus was centered around who is invited and I wonder this morning, have you, have you ever been invited to something and, and you get there and you're thinking to yourself, how on earth did I get invited to this? Maybe in a bad connotation, but, but also 
in a good way as well. Have you, have you ever been the recipient maybe of something or, or, or have you ever been the recipient of something and wondered, how did I get blessed with this? Anybody? <clears throat> I remember back in 2008, Brother Robinson, I, it was a Wednesday night and, and God forgive me because I was going to church. I was dressed up. I was a Bible school student and, uh, and, and I, I remember getting a text from a friend. He was head of valet and head of guest services for a, a, a hotel downtown Indianapolis. And he said, hey, uh, are you busy right now? And I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm at church. And he was like, well, hey, when, when church gets out, I want, you to, I want you to take off real quick and come over here. I got something pretty special. I've got some extra passes that I can get you in. And and so when church ended, Brother Mooney preached, and, and as soon as he gets done, I, I jetted over to the Indiana Roof Ballroom, and I thought, man, something's up. He's not telling me what it is, but he said he's got some extra passes, and, and he said, are you in a suit and tie? And I said, I'm in a suit and tie, and he said, good, because you're going to need a suit and tie to get in here. And, and I get there, I, I park my car, and, and I, I get out, and I go, and I find my, my buddy, and he says, all right, I got these passes, just act like you're supposed to be here. And I said, all right, man. <laughs> he said, it's the ring ceremony for the Super Bowl champs, Indianapolis Colts. He said, it's for uh, the front office staff, for the team and their families, that they're eating dinner and they're getting their rings tonight. And I thought, oh, wow. What am I doing here? So we get in there, fellas, and I'm shaking hands with Edger and James and Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning. And uh, we're sitting there with Tony Dungy and my buddy that went with me. They were talking about the Lord and how we had just gotten done with church. And Tony Dungy asked him, you know, what are you focused on in ministry? I mean, it was an amazing moment. Sitting there with Marvin Harrison, shaking hands with Dallas Clark. And I, I mean, it was just one of those moments. What on earth am I doing in this scenario? How on earth did I get invited? They were allowing us to hold their Super Bowl trophy. They were allowing us to take a look and put their rings on. And I mean, I don't know how I got invited, and I don't know how I got a seat at that table, but I'm sure thankful that I did. Come on, somebody. And it's in Luke chapter 14 that we see a story that is focused around this question of who is invited. This, this story that is focused around how on earth do I get a seat at that table? And it begins pretty uniquely. It's a great big dinner party that's being put together and the invitations have gone out and, and the home has been cleaned and, and the dinner table has been prepared and, and food is being cooked. And I don't know what they were having that night, steak or, or salmon or chicken. And, and, and there's the list of guests that the host has invited. And the day has finally come, and, and one by one, each guest begins to call and begins to explain as to why they cannot make it to the party. As a host, this is a phone call that you never want to get. This is an upsetting phone call to receive, and it's got to be a little frustrating for the host, but, but the excuses from the men in Luke chapter 14 just begin to pile on, that I've bought some property and I, I need to go see it. Uh, 
Another said that he bought five yoke of oxen and he needs to go examine them and make sure that he didn't get ripped off and make sure that they're proper. And, and another man just said, I, I've gotten married and so I'm not going to be able to attend. And, and excuses as to why they could not come to dinner. An excuse as to why they weren't able to get to the table. That they let their possessions become more important. They let their investments become more important. They let other relationships or other people become more important than being seated at the table. <clears throat> Reminds me of a funny story that I read not too long ago concerning excuses. It says this, the commanding officer was furious when nine soldiers who had been out on passes failed to show up for morning roll call. Not until noon did the first man straggle in. I'm sorry, sir, the soldier explained, but I had a date and I lost track of time and I missed the bus. And, and so being determined to get back on time, I, I hired a cab and halfway here, the cab broke down and I went to a farmhouse and I persuaded the farmer to sell me a horse and I was riding to camp when the animal fell over dead. <clears throat> he said, I walked the last 10 miles back and I just now got here. And though skeptical, the colonel let the young man off with just a reprimand. However, after him, seven other stragglers in a row came in with the exact same story. I had a date, I missed the bus, I hired a cab, I bought a horse, and on and on. And, and by the time the ninth man reported in, the colonel had grown weary of it, saying, Okay, uh -huh. now what happened to you? He said, Sir, I had this date, and I missed the bus, and I hired a cab. And the colonel said, Stop! Right. Don't tell me the cab broke down. And he said, No, sir. He said, the cab didn't break down. It was just that there were so many dead horses in the road, I had trouble getting back. I will tell you, church, if we're not careful, excuses can keep us from accomplishing the will of God. I will tell you this morning that excuses can hold you back from your healing. That something can hold you back from your breakthrough. That, that it can hold you back from revival. And it, it can hold you back from the purpose that God has for you. And it's in Luke chapter 14 that excuses are keeping these men from being seated at the table. It's in Luke 14 verse 21. It says this, so that servant came and he showed his Lord these things. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, well, then go out. Go out quickly into the streets. If these guys don't want to come, let's, let's find some people that do want to come. And, and so go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and, and go ahead and bring in the poor. Bring in the maimed and, and bring in those that are halt and, and the blind. Bring in those that are crippled or limping. And, 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 and I've got to let you know this morning, Star City Church, this was a big deal. The reason this was a big deal is because in this day, a righteous person would never sit down and eat with a common person. A wealthy individual would never sit down with a poor individual for a meal. That, that in Jewish society, meals were the primary business forum. 
that who you had over for dinner, it was a strategic and economic decision. That to invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind meant that you were risking your social status. That you were wasting a night of networking. And maybe to most they would only invite the wealthy and the influential. But hear me this morning at the table of the Lord. All are welcome. That the broken are welcome. The hurting are welcome. The blind are welcome. The lost are welcome. The poor are welcome. Those that got a bad past are welcome. Those that got a testimony are welcome. Come on, is there anybody in the house this morning that you have recognized that I don't deserve it, but I'm welcome at the seat of Jesus? That it's his word that says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That it's his word that says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance that all are welcome at the table of the Lord all are precious in his sight all is who he died for his love is for all come on would somebody clap your hands that we are welcome at the table It goes on to say in Luke chapter 14, verse 22. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And somebody help me preach this. And yet there is room. Yet there is room that thousands upon thousands have been saved. But yet there is room. Thousands have been filled, but yet there is room. Thousands have gone down in that wonderful name, but yet there is room. Thousands of apostolic pillars have gone on from this world. Thousands of prayer warriors have gone on, but heaven is not yet full, that there is a table prepared, and yet there is room. And so church hear me this morning why do you keep praying for the prodigal because there's still room why do we teach the Sunday school class because there's still room why do we push on with ministry and why do we do VBS and why do we pray for revival because there is still room I want you to touch somebody near you and just remind them that there is still room come on would you tap somebody and just let them know there's still room Come on, there's still mercy and there is still grace that the living water is still being poured out, that the Holy Ghost has not dried up, that it is for you and it's for your children and for all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, that yet there is room. Hallelujah. 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 
Now hear me this morning, we cannot fail. We cannot fail to recognize the importance of the invitation. That this is an invitation to a party that you don't want to miss out on. I like what Brother Robinson mentioned. You can go anywhere in the world, but there's nothing like coming into the house of God. I don't care what you've got invited to, and I don't care what's going on. There is nothing like what we feel in the house of the Lord today. There is nothing like when we get to worshiping and this choir gets to going and my buddy gets to singing that solo. There is nothing like feeling the Spirit of God begin to swirl up inside of us that, my goodness, you can't pay for this. You can't get this anywhere else. This is an invitation to a party that you do not want to miss out on. That it's an invitation to the table of the Lord. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's, it's better than dinner with the colts. It's better than dinner with the queen. It's better than dinner with the president. It's better than dinner with the rich and famous. That this invitation, it comes from one who upholds the whole world. That he invented the atom and the molecule and he sits across the expanse of eternity. That this is not just any host, somebody. That this is the host that created the Amazon forest which has over 1,000 different kinds of trees within one square mile. That he created a caterpillar to have 200 different and distinct muscles just in its head. That he created the human heart to pump blood 10 feet into the air. I encourage you not to test this. It's possible that his fingerprint is on everything that you see and smell and touch. And yet here he is inviting you and I to the table. That God, I'm not worthy. Oh, wretched soul that I am, that you and I are unclean. But yet he is searching and he is seeking out and he is pleading for somebody, pulling on somebody's heart today, hoping and pleading and leading that you and I come to his table. That he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That is the kind of God that we serve today. That's the kind of God that is calling for you today. That's the kind of God that is asking for you to come and to sit at his table. Come on, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? There's a story that I heard not too long ago of a couple that went on their very first cruise. How many love cruises? They went on their first cruise and they purchased, they, they didn't know what to do. They, they just wanted to go on vacation. They, they thought, man, that, that cruise sounds nice, getting out on the water and enjoying the sun. And they, uh, they went ahead and purchased those tickets. And right after they purchased those tickets, some kind of financial situation came up. And they thought, man, should we just not go? And there's probably going to be more expenses to incur. And, and they came to the conclusion, it was actually the wife that came up with this great idea. Shout out to all of our wives out there. Y'all come up with the good ideas. Yeah. Wife came up with this idea that since we don't, 
really have much more money, but we already purchased the tickets, we'll, we'll just pack a suitcase full of food, and that way we don't have to purchase everything on the boat, and pretty good idea. So they filled it up, I don't know, cheese, crackers, bottled water, soda, it's probably over that 55 pound, pound weight limit, you know. <clears throat> They filled it up, and, and so sure enough, they get on the cruise boat, and they had their fun. They enjoyed their time, but every time for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, instead of going down to the hall where everybody else went or the dinner spots or lunch spots, they would go back to their room, and they would eat their snacks that they packed in their suitcase. And as you can imagine, that gets old quick, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Snacks are good, but my goodness, four or five days in, you're, you're hoping for something different, some steak, some chicken, some spaghetti. And so after about four or five days, the husband's like, hey, I've got some extra money that we've saved, and I haven't touched it. And and so as this cruise is coming to a close, I I think we should splurge tonight. Let's put on the suit and tie, and and let's get dressed up, and let's go down to the nice dining hall, and, and, and let's, we, we've got some money saved up here. We didn't touch it. You know, it's, it's safe, and so let's use this money, and let's go down there, and let's just have one night to splurge, and so they go down. They get seated at this nice table, and, and they get seated, and they begin to look at the menu, and there's no price tag, And uh, one of two things, have you ever gone to a really expensive restaurant where there's no price tag next, and you're like starting to sweat, and you're like, what? I came to the wrong place. It's so expensive, they don't even put it on. And so he starts to get nervous. He, he ushers a waiter over. He's like, hey, I, I, I need some explanation here. And he's like, you know, this is kind of what we're looking at, but there's no price tag. And the waiter looks at him with just this bizarre look in his eyes, and he says, sir, this, this is a cruise. Everything on this boat is all-inclusive. It's, it's paid for. That, in fact, if you wanted to get two dinners, if you like the salmon option and the steak option, you could get two dinners just for yourself. In fact, After you're done eating here, there is a dessert bar back there with every dessert that you could ever imagine. You could take five of those and you could put them in that luggage bag with cheese and crackers and you could go back to your room. (laughs) That it's all for you. Star City Church God is trying to remind somebody this morning that there is a table prepared and it's been prepared for you. That every that everything that God has, his hope, his peace, his joy, that you can take your baggage and you can place it in the hands of an almighty God and he has done all of that and he has done it for you. You don't have to watch your neighbor do it. You don't have to watch the testimony of somebody else. God went to a Calvary and he went to a tree and he was nailed and his blood shed and he did it for you. Whatever you're going through today, and whatever, would you just lift up a hand right now? That whatever you are facing right now, and whatever dilemma that you came into the house with, whatever kept you up late last night, 
whatever woke you up at 4 a.m., whatever you are turmoiling over, whatever you are, are regretting, whatever you are facing right now, you can come to a table and you can hand it over to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that this table has been prepared and this table has been prepared for you. Come on, I'm asking you right now, would you just lift up a hand towards heaven? God's trying to speak to somebody right now. God is trying to let somebody know that what you are holding on to and what you are trying to keep a hold of, God can take the baggage. Come on, I'm asking you to go just a little bit further right now that in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that something would break right now. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus that somebody would see that there's a seat at the table. I pray that right now somebody would recognize that, Lord, that love, it's for me. That joy is for me. That peace. Jesus' name, have your way, God. Jesus, have your way. So, how do I get a seat at the table? How do I get a seat at the table? How do I get an invitation? How do I make my way? The Lord is simply looking for somebody that's hungry. In the Word of God in Luke chapter 14, we had a plethora of people with excuses. People that just thought, this is more important. The oxen's more important. My possessions are more important. My relationships are more important. But what God is looking for, somebody hear me this morning as our musicians come. The Lord is simply looking for somebody that is hungry. How do I find a seat at this table? It's by getting hungry and thirsty for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jeremiah 31 says, For I will refresh the weary soul, and I will replenish all who are weak. Psalm 107 says, For he satisfies the thirsty, and he fills the hungry with good things. Psalm 63 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, that my soul thirsts for you. My body yearns for you in a dry and weary land without water. That Matthew 5 said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled Luke chapter 6 says blessed are ye that hunger now for they shall be filled I feel this morning that for somebody under the sound of my voice you're looking for something specific Maybe it's a calling, maybe it's a gifting, maybe it's a purpose, maybe it's an answered prayer, maybe it's a loved, loved one that's lost, but you have to be hungry enough to come and receive it. That in this last day, I pray against the neutral attitude. I pray against a lackadaisical attitude. An approach where church or serving the kingdom of God is just one of many things that I do. I'm telling you this morning, God is looking for somebody that is hot or cold. But because you are lukewarm, the scripture says, I will spew you out of my mouth. Would you stand this morning? 
the lady with the issue of blood had a hunger and God responded Zacchaeus the tree climber had a hunger and the Lord responded King David had a hunger and the Lord responded Simon Peter helped advance the New Testament church and he did so much for that early church but there was a hunger there that if I'm beaten if I'm put into prison no matter what happens I'm hungry to get the word out to a lost and dying world and so Lord let there be somebody here today that says God I want more of you than ever before. I'm thirsty for you. I'm hungry for you. That Lord, I want your love and I want your peace and I want your joy. Come on, would you lift up your hands towards heaven right now? Hear me, Star City. These altars are open this morning. There is a seat with your name on it. I pray that somebody would be so courageous. I pray that there's somebody so full of faith. I, I pray that there is somebody that is thirsty. I pray that there is somebody. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus, I pray that there's somebody right now that would just begin to say, God, I want it. Come on, is that you in the house this morning? God, I want it. Come on, there's a seat with my name on it. I want it, Lord. Come on, there's a seat there. That God, I want your presence. I want a purpose. I want a plan. I want a calling. And so, God, I'm hungry for it. I'm thirsty for it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, every need, every situation, Lord, every trial, Lord, there's a seat with my name on it that you went to a cross and you went to Calvary and you allowed your blood to shed so that I could be free. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus right now. I pray that somebody would just begin to be filled. I pray that somebody would receive it. I pray that somebody would receive it in the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice right now. Come on, there's nothing like sitting at the table of the Lord. Come on, would you lift up your voice? Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.